0: all right everyone so welcome to in the house 2.0 podcast i've got my dear friend michael scouse Bramelow on here and it looks like uh from what we were just talking about uh that i'm flying the ship tonight but luckily i've got uh, incredible co-pilots because we're out here in uh <laughs> some uncharted war there you go some carlsberg perfect uh, lo- liverpool champions love it but so y'all we're we're right into actually being able to watch some footy it's getting ready to come up in person stuff is happening we so are it's not knocking on seasoned. the door we are we are we are and for the first time ever we will have a professional women's team here in louisville with racing louisville kicking off the challenge cup on april 10th and i can think of no two other people that would be better to join me and scouse on this than dear friend of ours mike watts mike thank you for joining the show
1: I am definitely the undercard for this. Casey. Casey. <laughs> <I love
0: that. laughs> there it is. And then Casey in the curtain comes back. Odds is out. So we've also got Casey Whitfield, former UofL soccer star, also part of Soccer City Rio, keys to the game for Louisville City, and who knows what else. Casey, thanks for joining us too.
2: I'm so happy to be here.
0: So, Mike, um, you cover NWSL. You cover USL, CONCACAF, NFL, NCAA, backyard barbecues, cornhole. Yeah, what what else is on what else is on your tab right now, man?
1: You know, it's funny. I don't even put the backyard barbecues on my resume. I don't know how you found out about that, but that's also <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I've been lucky. It's it's been a, a good off season. Uh, the Knicks are good, so when you work for MSG and the Knicks are good, that's a win and uh obviously i know who the best pa announcer is who works on Lou city games and ain't me but that's all right it's all good uh now now that he's moved to superstardom i'm glad he remembers us little people lance but uh nah it's it's whoever calls this voice is for hire here we are (laughs) And Kenny, the check is in the mail for this, right?
0: No, brother. I appreciate you jumping on here again. We've been trying to work this out for like what? We've been trying to work this out. We, we actually started talking about this about eight weeks ago because I, your schedule is yeah. crazy, crazy, crazy. But we found the time. And we did before Casey, who is uh, Casey, we appreciate you being a frontline worker. You truly are. You're out there helping the kids. They're getting back into school. They're off NTI. I know a lot of my family are teachers. And uh, thank you for doing that. And I know you're probably wore out and ready for a little spring break.
2: Definitely ready for spring break. But I, I mean, I love working with kids. Like I, I said before, I would much rather talk to kids than adults just because they're way more fun. And the stories they tell you are amazing. <laughs> but being in person, you know, is definitely has its challenges, but it's been so rewarding to get to kind of help these kids through this time.
0: So, Casey, back to you on that. So now you've moved to, you know, the Soccer City Radio that we've all been a part of. All of us on this podcast have jumped on Soccer City Radio different parts with our good friend Lance and then we got Jeff Greer taking over. So you've got a new little um, arena on Thursday nights now that you all are doing as opposed to the Saturday mornings, which was kind of like the Saturday morning pump up preview Thursday nights. How how do you think that's going to work out for Soccer City Radio?
2: I think it's going to be amazing, and the reason why is because on Saturdays, we couldn't really have as many players, coaches, things like that on because it being game day or they were traveling or things like that, but now with it being on Thursday, we've been able to already have both coaches on. We've been able to have Brad Estes on. We've got some players lined up, you know, in the near future, so it's going to be really exciting for fans to get to hear from the players themselves and kind of get a little inside scoop on what's happening with the teams.
0: So Mike, so now we have both Louisville city and racing. So we've been so keyed in on just a game at home every other week. Now it looks like we're going to have a game every week. And how are we going to be able to handle this? Is this is just too much hormones, too much. What, what's going to happen for us? It... Cause you know, Louisville city is like in the men's side for the USL is one of the biggest supporters groups there is. And now you can't imagine being thing less for the women's team. Do you see Louisville like imploding and just floating out into the river somewhere? Yeah,
1: something like that. I mean, you know, if you really sit down and think about it, it's probably 30 games if, you know, you were a baseball fan and you're going to see the bats. I mean, 30 games is, you know, standard fare. It's really not that crazy a number. So to support both sides, you know, to similar effect, you know, obviously everyone has their own taste and, and ability to, to come to games. And I'm, I'm sure um, hopefully someone in the city is watching when we're on TV, but um, or on radio, if that's what you're into, I get that. Uh, so no, it's uh, I, it's it's been such a good city for the game. It was so overlooked for such a long time. And Casey, I know you played at U of L. My brother-in-law was the captain uh, of U of L's soccer team uh, back in the '90s, and he always knew uh, what a great city it was. It, it's it it's ready for. You know It's ready for the big leagues. The stadium's there. The NWSL comes. The championship side is as good as, as any in the league year after year. Like, This is real deal, man. This is it.
0: This is crazy. Scalso, in about 6 hours and 22 minutes, it will be April Fool's Day. And right following that up, 10 days later, me and you and our ugly mugs are going to be sitting behind the goal, yelling at the keepers. And before I because i got to ask this question. I'm going to Casey real quick. Sorry, Scales. I, from playing at a high level soccer, and is it okay for us to harass the female keeper?
2: I mean, I don't see why not. They want to be treated just like normal athletes as well. That's I mean, we got I yelled thought. at. I got yelled at on the field and stuff. And I always thought it was really funny when the fans were yelling at the, the keeper. I would sit on the field laughing because I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but I mean, I don't see the problem. I mean, I would not say anything too horrible, but you know. If you were going to yell at the men's keeper, why can't you yell at the women's keeper?
0: Yeah. So this is yeah. a wrap for this podcast. We'll stop right there. We're yeah. completely <laughs> good in Scouser's house. Continue as we always have been.
3: Oh, yes. Scouts' house will continue because, uh, you know, there's no um, reason why we shouldn't harass their goalkeeper because, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is I, I want them to have butterfingers and let a few goals in.
0: Mike, what's your take on
1: that? Uh, put really simply, it's – it's the best athletes on the planet are in the NWSL. Like, it, it you are going to another professional soccer match. Chant, drum, uh, smoke, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Like, it, they uh, are absolutely deserving of the heckling and the cheering and the everything. It, it, the fans in Louisville, I, I, I'm sure so many are ready for this but once you see this league in action, it is awesome. It is such a competitive league. It is, um, the the supporters are outstanding. Um, The banter is legit. Uh, So like, show up ready to roll. Like I, I have been talking about Louisville as a soccer town in relation to these broadcasts now throughout the entirety of the fall series and the Challenge Cup on CBS All Access. And Paramount Plus, don't let me down.
3: Bring
2: the heat. Plug, plug. Bring no, the- sure. These girls are tough. Would they we do a it? thing
0: like that? <laughs> Scouse, on a scale of 1 to 10, where are you at ready to watch footy and, and welcome this top-level team to our stadium?
3: Well, see, the thing is, is my dial goes up to 11. It doesn't go to 10. It goes to 11. Okay? So I'm going to – I'm I'm there, you know, because, um, I still remember the days where, um, you know, this was a, a barren wasteland for football and, um, I used to have to go down to the, um, the bookstore over at uh, St. Matthew's mall to go get, um, a, a week to two week old newspaper just to yep. find out what Liverpool did last week. Yep. So, um, now, um, with, uh, you know, the, every time I turn the TV on, it's a football game on and, um. You know, now, that, you know, I don't have to sit at home or watch it on the TV. I can go to um, the, the Lynn Family Stadium. I can go to the Lynn Stadium. I can go to Bellarmine and watch um, a live football game. And, um, you know, if I couldn't even imagine um, a few years ago that um, Louisville and Southern Indiana would be such a hotbed for first-class football. So I'm ready to go. You know, this dial is going to go up to 11. I might even just scratch the 11 off and go to 12.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we've got a lot of people listening to this podcast that are everything that, uh, you know, that Evan and Andy did before, like kind of creating this podcast back starting four years ago. I was kind of just be, bring people into the soccer community here and everything the scouts are trying to do is just make it even more so not just little city not just because now racing's here but also talking about the different colleges and the high schools and academies She had a great academy podcast last week let's get right into the challenge cup i did not realize the challenge cup when the thing came out that was the announcement i thought we just got lucky and were part of the challenge cup i didn't realize that it was all 10 teams and that just shows where i think we're all in the same voyage together so uh, mike challenge cup so it's all 10 teams it's east and it's west we're in the east five teams on both sides round robin play top two top team from each goes to the finals is that how this works yeah so
3: so mike before you go any further this you know i was mentioned it to casey as we uh we fired up today and um, i need you to dumb it down okay because this is i'm, I'm not into the the women's um professional soccer because only just Two weeks ago, I went and saw my first game. Um, So at Lynn Family Stadium on the 10th, it's going to be my first game. So I have got no clue what to expect.
1: Yeah, so let's start one year back. And uh, surely plenty of racing fans were paying attention last year. They didn't have a a typical season. The, The initial plan was we're going to play one month. Every team gets some games in in Utah. It's going to be a controlled bubble environment. First pro team league back, male or female. There, you know, occasional golf events before that, but no teams had come together yet. And the NWSL proved it was possible. And the Challenge Cup rated exceptionally well on CBS. And the 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 sponsorship was there, and the excitement was there about a, a larger, more all-encompassing playoff structure, and they said. Hey, we we could maybe do this a little more often, you know. We we could turn this into a thing. Scouts, the way I would describe it to someone who maybe hasn't been around all that much um, in NWSL country is it's a little bit of a of an EFL Cup, a, a check and trade trophy kind of deal. Is the way it's sort of set up with maybe a precursor and then. A knockout stage, they've sort of lessened the extent of the knockout now that it's not one bubble and that there's a regular season guaranteed to come. But it's a great way to start the season off. If you look at where the FIFA window is for the U.S. women's national team, it sort of is a a, I kind of want to say a bit of a soft launch to sort of begin the season um, with with a little bit of oomph um, in terms of the expectations of the games. Uh, but also knowing that, um, you know, if if some of your stars aren't there for the first week, it, it might not handicap your ability to actually make the playoffs at the end. So it's, I think, a pretty good middle ground. And for the league, if you don't do a Challenge Cup last year, I, I, I don't think you're at the point where you're saying it saved the league. But it definitely made the league better in a year where so many leagues took a step back. And that's enormous. So I'm excited for the Challenge Cup on that alone.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it too. And um, I think I, I, I overheard this. Um, I think it was on Soccer City on um, last Thursday night. And I know the fans here have got really, really high expectations. Super high expectations. Because, you know, you've got um, Louisville City. And they've been into the playoffs every single year since the inauguration. So, um. How much pressure do you think that the the race and Louisville team is under to become a winning side this year? And how much pressure is the, the coach going to be under, you know, Coach Holly? Uh,
1: yeah, let's start with the obvious. The nature of these two leagues are drastically different. When you come into the USL Championship, for one, you've already got a bit of history with Orlando, with James O'Connor. And there's sort of a winning tradition that was naturally built into that team when they arrived. So there's that. But also, it's more of a more of a free-for-all for talent in the USL Championship. In the NWSL, the allocation is such that, while there are allocated players that are currently uh, part of the racing Louisville system, doesn't mean they have to come. And as of now, they aren't. Um, and beyond that every team has two, three, four, five of the best players on the planet. The the Leo Messi of, of women's soccer is in our league, to put it really simply. This is La Liga. This is the Premier League. The NWSL is the class league. So it, it's just important from day one, it's a really competitive league. Every team has an advantage. It would be I think a bit foolish to think that you're you're in a position where you can start as a expectation of Eastern Conference championship game every year. I don't think that is the expectation, but any fan coming in with that, I would temper it a little bit just purely out of how we've seen expansion teams do in the past.
0: So it's somewhat like what I'm hearing from you. It's almost like the NFL. <clears throat> the NFL has done a wonderful job of making sure that there's at least – on a bell curve side that, you know, the top forty percent are gonna be available every year to compete again, where it's not like major league baseball, where it's just no salary caps and it's always gonna be the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Red Sox. It's not gonna be a situation like that, especially with these new expansion teams coming. We got what, one or two more expansion teams coming on the next two years that we've got to start protecting players for and it may have affected the way that JOC and Holly had to look at who they were going to draft and who was going to be available in a year or two. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so that's part of it, but even take a step further, uh, in the NFL, when you have an expansion draft, and as a native Clevelander, I can say, I remember 1999 decently well enough and how bad that was, you get the number one pick and that's great. You turn it into Tim Couch, that's not great, uh, as it turned out, sorry to Kentucky, Um, but-
0: There was no offensive line, you get killed not his that,
1: fault. At, at, you're, first, you're right. Uh, but you, the, your best player is a rookie, and all the expansion guys you brought in are theoretically mid to lower tier guys. And you, you really—that's starting from scratch. The level in this league, from one to eighteen on every roster, is such that. Louisville went out and got quality players in the expansion draft that I think any team would have been happy to get. And so that's sort of the difference between an NFL expansion and an NWSL expansion where, in my opinion, there are some really good pieces. But at the end of the day, you know, every team has either a Megan Rapino, or a Rachel Daly or Carly Lloyd or Rose Lavelle or you know, it's just like th- that's sort of the every team has multiple superstars, and Louisville's going to have to gradually work into that.
0: Casey, so uh, you've got one of your former players, I believe, that was a former teammate that's now playing for Louisville City, correct?
2: I do. And
0: so, tell me about like that shift from what she's experienced, just picking it up with the players like AYuki, you know, that have you know, world-class talent. What What's it been like for just the even text messages or conversations or what you've seen for what it's been for the speed? Because they always talk about whichever league you move up to, right? From what's college when you go to professional ranks and everybody looks great in college, right? And then you get to the pros and all of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's just a click faster. So so what, what can you tell us about that?
2: It is definitely a whole new game and it's a big adjustment going from college soccer where you kind of have more of like an unlimited sub-basis it's not unlimited, but you know you can come in and out especially in the second half there and then you you don't have just three subs. so you can push hard for say 20 30 minutes and then you can get a rest before going back in in the second half. whereas with the professional league, it's doesn't work like that. you only get those three subs and stuff so you your endurance has to be stronger. the games play differently because of that. it's a not as high pace of a game and more of like an endurance game and using your teammates more. And so I think one thing that she said has been the biggest adjustment is just learning how to play with new players. So when you're in college, you usually only get like a couple of new players each year. And so it's not as big of an adjustment when trying to fit them into your system. But when you're trying to learn a whole new system with all new players in an all new environment, it's a lot to take in. And so it's just been a little bit of an adjustment period for not only her, but the other players and learning how this team's going to play.
0: Christy has said that uh, the coach has said that uh, it's definitely going to be an tempo. And the unfortunate thing is we haven't been able to see much of what racing is going to do. We know what, what he did with Sky Blue and Mike can maybe touch on that. But I think it's a whole new dynamic here, uh, having a team that's being built from just his team, right, that he's built together. And I, it was really interesting last week on the Academy show that we did uh, with Mario and with Kincaid and with Luke Spencer, um, talking about how it's very vertical, how they're making sure that whoever, if you're coming up on the, the female side or the male side, that you're all looking at the same players out on the pitch and you learn how to play a certain way. Mike, from from what you've been able to ascertain from the preseason, you know, they're playing against, some of the teams are playing against high school teams that I've heard of, you know, so we're playing against college teams. We got, I think we're playing against West Virginia, Louisville and Vanderbilt. And then we've got Florida State, I think, twice in the coming days. One of the, maybe the number one team. So, what have you been able to see or ascertain from what that coach Holly's going to set this team up to try to mold it in the style that they want to play? And we're not looking for the championship in the first year, like you said. We're looking for a two-three year plan. Um, yeah. What are you expecting?
1: Yeah, it's uh, the results for one are good. I mean, this wasn't a joke of a, a schedule either, uh, in terms of. Who they put on, it, you know, sometimes you, you think, OK, would it be more valuable to play other NWSL teams? And uh, you have to consider, you know, the locality of it and whether or not you want other teams to know what you're doing. Uh, all these coaches talk. I mean, everyone knows. There's
0: been so little video. The highlights have always just been the last touch of a score, right?
1: Yeah. It, like that's very much on purpose. I right. Mean, Christy doesn't want you to know what they want to <laughs> look like. And I'll probably um, – let's just do it now. I will be calling the opener on Paramount Plus, and I will – and I will ask um, so that I don't get totally blindsided um, with with a formation or how they're going to play. But if you think back, you know, I I had some of of Christie's games at Sky Blue. Um, You know, there was an element of of being, uh, you know, maybe not the best defensive team. Uh, They did play a ridiculous tempo. They did have, Brace for this, the best goal scorer on the planet, you know, potentially in Sam Kerr. Um, So, you know, they, they were able to play a certain way. How that now navigates with this roster right now and what's the best way to compete or are you trying to set your style for the future regardless of result? You know, even in the Challenge Cup, it could be different than the regular season in in the mentality of it. You know, if they go and and play up tempo and just get smoked, you know, maybe the regular season, they dial it back a bit and say, let's see if we can get some results strung together. That's not really Christie's policy. I'd be surprised uh, on both counts. uh, But I I think you're going to get your money's worth. The Florida State uh, preseason games are going to be very telling. That Florida State team is loaded, loaded. And that's nothing against Vandy or West Virginia. Florida State, year in and year out, is a top five, if not the front runner for the title. So, you know, and, and they, you know, did they win the ACC against North Carolina? I know they played in the final there. It, that That's going to be pretty telling how those two go, I think.
0: Yeah, I think Chris even said in his latest interview that uh, they could easily be in the NWSL. Florida State, they're that good.
1: Pretty darn close. Yeah. I had them in the ACC final against North Carolina two years ago and probably eight of the starters are in the league and the other three probably haven't graduated yet. I mean, like it, I mean, it is (laughs) nuts, nuts how much talent that they're able to get there.
0: Casey, did you play against them?
2: I did, and they are scary to go against. <laughs> I remember being a freshman, and uh, we played them in the Sweet 16. It was the first time we made it that far. And they had this center back that was ginormous, and she could kick the ball the entire length of the field. And it was just the most terrifying thing to go up against her. I think we lost like 1 or 2-0 that game, um, but they've beat us 6-0 before. I mean, they are just – they are legit.
3: So, um, going into the uh, into the next uh, few games, who are some of the players that uh, we're going to watch out for? Because I know coming into the um, the Orlando game, you know I'm, I'm not that much into the um, to the game, but you know there's some uh, pretty decent uh, names on there like uh, Marta. There's, uh, you know. There's quite a few pretty good names on this. So um You got Alec Kruger, so what, Alex Morgan. Yeah. Alex on Morgan. Duty. Yeah. So, know. you know, what what are we gonna expect from some of these uh players on these uh, these rosters?
1: Well, let's start with this. You guys are gonna be debuting a few hours after the US national team plays on Fox. So the way the FIFA windows work out. I don't know who's going to be called necessarily. I can't, you know, see exactly into the future. I'm, it may already be out uh, at, at the time this is being taped, but I, I doubt we will see all the stars day one for that reason. We may see very few of them. Orlando last year, with the way the Challenge Cup went, there was a, a small outbreak of COVID, uh, missed the Challenge Cup by the time they came back from the Challenge Cup, pretty much every player who wanted more playing time was loaned out for the fall series. So to an extent, Mark Skinner hasn't had that team together in a year and a half, the same way Christy Holly hadn't had this team together at all. So it's gonna be a unique opener in that I think both sides are gonna be trying to find themselves a little bit. And, you know, Casey, I, I, you know, uh, I, I'm sure you know as well as anybody the the caliber of players we're talking about on the roster. It's just we may not see them, right?
2: I mean, Orlando is, like, packed with players. Yeah. Like, current players, previous players, they are just packed with star players. I think it's just going to be interesting to see, you know, like you said, they haven't really played together in so long. So how are they going to mesh on the field after being apart, missing a lot of last season, I think it, it's going to be a really good game. Both teams have something to prove, and it's just going to be who wants it more that game.
1: And uh, actually, I'm looking at the roster right now uh, for the U.S. national team's games overseas. And Alex Morgan is the only Orlando player that's on that roster. Is
3: that because she's too scared to come to race in Louisville and play?
2: Oh, that's oh. it. <laughs> Definitely,
3: that's it. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Because I know she's saying, oh, shit, Scouse is going to be in the stands over there. He's going to give me a hard time. I'm going on international duty.
2: I think that's, I think that's what we should go with. That should be the story. Yeah,
3: yeah, and that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. There's the headline. We have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm just... Looking around down this uh, this roster right here for them. So, do you know any of these players on this list, Casey?
2: Well, Ashlyn Harris was a U.S. national team goalie. Then you have Ali Krieger who played. You have let's see, Sydney um, Larue who's played. Alex Morgan and Marta. I mean, that right there alone. Oof. I mean, especially those forwards. You look, you look at Sydney Larue, Alex Morgan, and Marta. That's a scary front lineup running at you there when you're yeah. brand new to the NWSL. I don't think I would want those three attacking.
1: Yeah, and and from the players who've been around the league for a long time, Carson Pickett in Seattle has had a really good career and came to Orlando a couple of years ago. Uh, Maggie Doherty Howard has been in Washington and is the engine of that midfield. I actually think that is a sneaky good glue piece for them um, it's just such a loaded midfield and, and a bit of a case where you already have Andy Sullivan and they do so many of the same things. So it didn't make sense perhaps. And, and Meggie played at, at Florida. So sort of a natural trade Gunny Jan's daughter in Utah is, uh, just constant energy in midfield. Um, you know, yeah, this is a, This is a filthy roster. It's just they've consistently underachieved is ultimately what you have to look at. I mean, um, they're the Indy 11 of the NWSL. And that the roster, you're like, wow, they should be in the championship every year and they're never there.
3: Yeah, but the thing (laughs) is, if you compare with me to Indy 11, that's kind of fighting talk right there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well they don't deserve that. <laughs>
0: We've started having the Indy 11 players jump shipping coming down <laughs> south. It's, it's interesting, right? So you look at the roster and then you look at the results and those are two different things.
3: <laughs> you know because um, you know I'm looking at the uh, at their, um, the statistics from um, the last seasons, you know the ninth, the third, seventh, ninth, you know with um, a roster that 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 loaded up. I'm surprised that uh, they haven't done
0: better than that.
1: Yeah, it's just no one was there in the fall series. The fall series yeah. for them is irrelevant. Everyone got loaned.
0: Isn't, uh, uh, isn't that all of sports, though? Isn't that all of sports in the last 12 months, the stuff that we see seen in the NCAA tournament right now? I mean, the Final Four is okay for the men's side, but you look at what was happening in the 32s and the 60s. I don't even know who's playing. I'm like, Oral Roberts?
1: What? Show some respect. Show some respect.
0: <laughs> oh
1: this was great.
0: Show I was respect. like – Where's Where's Pepperdine? Give me like an old school, like really good, like run to the thirty-two, like in nineteen ninety-six. It's so COVID.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, and then uh, I'm looking at the um, um, the the North Carolina Courage um, roster and what they've done, and they have. Uh, They've done some pretty good stuff nwsl champions 2018 19 runners up in 17 and then uh, the second one up at um, at uh, lynn family stadium um later this later in um, april so what's the difference between that team um and some of the, a lot of the names on there? i don't recognize but uh what's the difference between that team they, they seem to be uh, knocking it out of the ballpark uh,
1: Paul Riley, for one. I mean, if you think about what James O'Connor did in Louisville, where it was building a team in a certain image and constantly replacing the pieces just right year after year, and constantly being a top two, three, four, whatever seed, uh, and then, you know, making a run to the conference final or better every single year, that's what North Carolina has done. They are the class of this league. They are what everyone's chasing. Uh, This is a group, maybe they aren't all household names, but Lynn Williams, MVP. Uh, Abby Urseg, captain of the New Zealand national team. Uh, I'm looking through the roster now. Dabinia, absolute star for Brazil, maybe has the, the best peg in the entire league on set pieces. Uh, they always have outside backs that are on the national team because they are so fit. They are so athletic. Uh, they they run a 4-4-2 box in midfield in past years. Last fall series, they were talking about trying more of a three-back in, in the Bielsa style. I'm not sure what they're going to start with this year. Um, Jessica McDonald's a star. Denise O'Sullivan for Ireland is a star. Uh, it is... So do I get
3: this? Do I get this right? Hey, Kenny, have you seen on this roster right here? Apparently there's somebody from Welsh Wales. Can you believe that crap?
0: I cannot believe it at all. Um, (laughs) You know,
3: um,
0: from Welsh Wales, man. So, so, so back to you on that, Mike Um, and Casey kind of your input on this, because I saw you shaking your head with some of these names that we're 100% open on this at are trying to pick up on everything with this Uh, desire is not the, the problem. Is this almost like a Moneyball-type team, Mike, that you say there's not as many household names that are fit? They're, are they looking at metrics? What are they doing that's been so good?
1: No, I, I wouldn't say it's a Moneyball thing. I would say it's more mm-hmm. of an American consciousness of international players. Like Denise O'Sullivan, if you didn't know what she was capable of, because even in Houston, it, it she didn't exactly fit in just right. Okay. Um, Crystal Dunn was on that team and, and got traded over the offseason. Sam Mewis went overseas. They still have her rights. Um, they're it's not to say there are no stars on that team. They certainly are, but it's not it's not Marta and Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino. It's not like those overwhelming hundred million followers on Twitter kind of deals. It's they are all outstanding players. Many of them are national team players. Uh, a lot of them made the trip from Western New York when the franchise relocated. So they've been together a long time and they play that four-four-two box that just makes everyone crazy.
3: So if I'm hearing this right, what you're saying is, is this team right here plays more as a team where um, Orlando is more like they're playing as individuals?
1: I think Orlando's been hamst- a bit hamstrung, no pun intended. Injuries and uh, the coaching changes, and I-, I think there's a lack of continuity there that's probably been more painful. To, to say that you know, they're all too individualistic is, uh, I think, uh, an, un- you know, an overstatement of what their issues are. I think it's more that they've had trouble keeping everyone on the field long enough to be able to get the results they've been out to get would, would be my argument with Orlando. But North yeah, Carolina, they're the juggernaut.
3: I feel that pain, I, I really do, because uh, have you seen my Liverpool play lately?
1: Yeah, uh, do you have yeah. any center backs <laughs> <laughs> we're, uh,
0: we're, we're all available right now, center backs for Liverpool. Yeah,
1: yeah. and, and yeah. by the way, if I'm making a USL Championship comparison, North Carolina, it's you guys. They're the Louisville City. Put really simply.
3: Brilliant. Brilliant. So, um, which out of the the games that um, Race and Lule were going to play in the next uh, few weeks, which is the most, um, which which is the game that stands out for you as the one to watch?
1: Um, Easier said than done. I mean, it's, it's, I can't wait to just see the first game.
3: Me and you both.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, for me, that's that that's that's going to tell us a lot. Um, I, Sky Blue, personally, I hope I'm calling that game. I always love a good revenge story. Sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, um, Washington has a ton of really good players. There's not one game in that four-game schedule where you're like, oh, this one's a dud. I don't think that exists, and I think that's sort of the glory of this league. There is no Sporting Kansas City, too.
0: I'm trying to relate
1: this to the locals. I love it. <laughs>
2: it. You know, and yeah. I completely agree with you there, though. Like, I'm sitting here looking like, oh, well, I'm really excited for the first game to see Orlando Pride. But I'm also excited to see, you know, them play North Carolina. But then this game's going to be really good, too. So I think it's just a matter of each game is going to bring something different. And it's going to show us something different about this team, which I think is what gets me the most excited, is how are we able to – one, overcome that first season opener. And then how are we able to scout out the team, see how they play and change our style based on, or not a change our whole style, but just adjust, make adjustments based on what other teams are able to give us. And so it's gonna be really interesting to see in this quick turnaround of games. I mean, so we start the 10th, it, the last this last game is the second. So there's only a little bit of time in between. How are we able to make adjustments? How are we able to grow each game? And how, what is going to be different from first game to last game for us?
0: So we saw in the draft where we um, we took six forwards. Yeah. I think that says a lot. And you kind of go back to the sky blue reference that you made earlier, uh, Mike. Um, Casey, what you, I don't know if if you can like put together some of this, just looking at it from a roster development. And, of course, it's changed as a touch. But when you look at it, it's forward-centric. We'll call it that. I so I'm not, sure, I'm not sure if we're playing like a 2-3-6 a, a or what are we playing? 2-3-5? What are we playing here? What are we going to do? What's it going to look like when we come out of for Orlando? If you had the keys to the game, Casey, Oh. and now you're here. And keys to the game is Casey's thing, right? I mean, yes. nobody else can do the keys to the game. So we've got picking six forwards. We're definitely not going to be playing it out from the back, just hanging around, see if we can pass it around, going old school, like Italian soccer league stuff, or actually – what the special one Jose has done, which is absolutely destroy Tottenham's forward movements. So what are we doing with six forwards?
2: You know, I almost see them playing in kind of a 4 okay. with the outside backs being extremely active. And so one thing I think that we're going to see a lot of is those outside backs getting forward, making runs forward. They're going to be the ones crossing in the ball. You're going to see a lot of dynamic movement in if they play the front three within the front three with interchanging runs. You're going to see that attacking midfielder slip in behind that front line. So they kind of come in undetected from the defense. But I think the biggest thing that we're going to see is just balls to the walls attack. And it's going to be all those outside backs running, running, running forward, especially with you're trying to prove a point, you know, you can win a game by scoring a lot of goals. And it doesn't matter how many get scored on as long as you score more. So can't
0: win if you don't score.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So I mean, I really think that it's going to be a fast paced, um, attacking mindset kind of game.
0: So uh, I saw one of the interviews uh, with with Christy and got back with him and he, he was talking about he said look some of the people that I've even drafted I've, I've had to have conversations this may not be for you we're going to ask a lot of you physically and mentally and I think that aligns a lot with um, kind of the things that we saw with with Coach Hack because when we're trying to look at this thing vertically right to make sure that the academies are kind of grown the same way um, one of the things that Hack was very excited about with Lynn Family Stadium is it was wider we had a little bit more room oh, to get 100%. out wide as opposed to the turf monster with the old slugger field where everything was very narrow. And it was at some points it looked like you were playing like in an indoor league. So, Mike, back to you on that. What what can you take off what Casey said and with the draft and what you know? And are there are there threats for us to give to Orlando? I know that we you know, it's it's preseason, but this is our first foray into this. So what what can we look for in this first game?
1: Yeah, and uh, I, Casey, I could not agree with you more. Because when I look at the roster, I see Emily Fox up and down the line constantly. I could see Addison Merrick, based on what I saw in North Carolina, constant. The way you described the attacking midfielder, Lauren Malay, same deal. I mean, 100%, I, I see them trying to play the way you're describing. Yeah. Um, they may be a center back or too short. Uh, I, I sort of want to see how that progresses. Uh, but, um, yeah, I, it, it's so much of this is going to be who's actually available for the first game, especially for Orlando. And now that it appears the, you know, I don't know what Brazil's situation is during that break with Marta, uh, but it, this isn't the fastest Orlando team. Y- y- you know, it, it's not to say they're slow. But, you know, this is not a group of 23-year-old, let's just run after it. You know, you're talking about players in Krieger, Marta, uh, Sidney LaRue, um, who either haven't gotten a ton of game minutes the past couple of years or are in their early 30s. It's going to be hot most likely. Go try and get after it, you know. Really try and get after it. You're going to have the crowd behind you. If it's me, I am – I'm running rampant from the opening whistle and just trying to really lay out, this is what racing Louisville is. I think that's the perfect World Game 1.
0: We do know something about thoroughbreds around here, and there's a reason it's racing uh, connotated from the European League. Uh, I do have something i got to throw back at you, Mike, though. So I I was looking at the Washington Spirits roster. Is it true that they have a player named Devin Kerr? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
1: So is, uh, that they, out, is that out, Devin, in a skirt? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, I can tell you this. There have been multiple people. Devin Kerr, the goalkeeper, played at Ohio State, went to Houston. And I, I used to joke, hey, Devin, you know, uh, th- there's a, another Devin Kerr, you know, pro player like like you once were. And, you know, ha-ha, you know, two pro Devin Kers. She has a marketing contract for her goalkeeping gloves and they mistakenly tagged broadcaster Devin.
2: (laughs) Going like, you know,
1: see Devin Kerr in our
2: gloves." (laughs) So
1: like Devin, it finally crossed over. Like he doesn't, he's got so many other commitments. Uh, It finally crossed over and uh, yeah, no. There are indeed two Devin Kerrs. I didn't know the world was ready for Dose, Uh, but here we are. Uh, I'm sure she's uh, much more professional than than our uh than my devin is but uh yeah it's it's uh i don't i i wouldn't imagine that she would be starting that game with with aubrey bledsoe in the mix but uh if it is like for me that's a great time you know it it, like i'm sure devin's ringtone is going to be me commentating the other devin kern just imagining he was back in his glory days that's what's going to happen (laughs)
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, so those of you all that are racing fans that have kind of uh, cross-pollinated into this podcast <laughs> uh, for in Louisville don't know Devin <laughs> Kerr, that uh, normally calls for the USL, and he is Mike's uh, man there.
1: That's Pancho, my they Poncho and
0: Lefty. Well, best for
1: le- years now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And any time for us Louisville City fans, previous to racing being here, and we knew that Mike and Devin were both on the call, we knew that we were going to have a great time that night. Incredibly knowledgeable. Devin's a friend of this podcast, but <laughs> many times, so I just had to send that out there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got. Um, so we finished the preliminary round with uh, Sky Blue. Um, I've heard a number of people, even on the Equalizer podcast, kind of predicting Washington to maybe coming out of this thing as the the heads up from the East, maybe uh, with Portland on on the West, but. Um, what what can we expect out of Christie's former team, Sky Blue?
1: Hopefully it's another year of progression for them. I, I think so much of this, uh, the last year and a half, has been can we reset the professionalism of how we treat our players, of, of the standards of our team, uh, and get that stuff right. I, I think that's sort of step one. To say that, Uh, You know, moving into the Red Bulls training center for for their practices is a major improvement the same way. And and again, I I make these comparisons to more speak to a Louisville City knowledgeable audience. You know, I've gone to Louis City practices. They were on a public park. And now they have a building, a big building with multiple world-class fields. And it's different. And it should be the expectation for professional players. But it wasn't at Sky Blue for a long time. So Elise LaHue comes in as the general manager. They bring in some really good vets. Uh, Freya Coombe, this is a big year for Freya. I really like Freya. Uh, I think she's knowledgeable. I think she's level-headed. I think she came in as is the right person to try and steady the ship. Maybe didn't have a, a world's worth of experience in, in the States at a professional level but certainly has it from overseas. Um, You know, it it just, if you look at Sky Blue, Christie was three games under 500. Uh, Jim Guevara was three games above 500. Denise Reddy was 124-8 and in a year and a half at the helm. And then in comes Freya, and, and Freya, you know, at least got them through a round in the playoffs. And so, like, the building blocks are there, but it's, it's a team that has some good, sneaky veterans that have been around the league a long time. They can cause you problems.
0: Casey, as you're looking around the league and you've got, uh, you know, the whole Eastern Conference kind of look at for this. Um, what other players are, are you seeing that uh, is going to really be exciting for us to look at for racing? Kind of compare us to where we need to be, because this is a fledgling team, right? We're, we're an expansion team. We don't need to think that we're going to be the Louisville City of this And we've also got the world-class players.
2: 100%. I think we're going to get to see tons of talent. I think the player I'm probably most excited to see out of all of these games is Lynn Williams. I love Mm. the way that Lynn Williams plays. I think that she just kind of has really earned her spot, not only in North Carolina, but on the U.S. national team. She kind of came in when Alex Morgan was having her baby and really stepped up. And so I think she's the player I'm most excited about to see play for North Carolina. And then one player that I'm really interested in seeing if she'll get playing time is that Trinity Rodman. She is the youngest player to be drafted. And so she got picked up by Washington. She's only 18 years old. And so I'm also kind of interested to see as we are navigating these new waters of NWSL, how is a young player like this going to compete?
0: So why does she get drafted as an 18-year-old schoolless?
2: I, she just declared for the draft so she just decided to bypass college and go to the draft
1: and with covid the pac12 had mm-hmm. such a, a they didn't play very problem. many
0: games did they yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah. in
1: the fall they they didn't play any in the fall mm-hmm. right. so the only the only conferences in the fall that were going uh, were the acc the uh, did the big 12 play at all i know the american did and i know uh, the sec did that's it yeah yeah
2: So I think there was just so much unknown that she just decided to put her name in the draft and try it out. And she's got a very talented resume. And so I'm excited to see her play out there. And then obviously, I'm excited to we're not going to get to see Alex Morgan play. uh, That's because she's too scared. She's too right. scared to come play. She's too
1: yeah. scared to come to Louisville. I I am not part of that conversation. I'm gonna get dragged <laughs> into this where it's like, you know, commentator says Alex Morgan ah. scared playing Kentucky, and I'm like, no, no, I didn't do this. Come no,
3: on. she's too scared because oh Scouse is gonna be in the stands. Yeah,
1: yeah. I well, and, and you know, it, it, Alex, see, I can't, I, I know, still haven't
3: got over the fact that she went and played for Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Who on earth goes? Oh, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to go play for Tottenham Hotspur.
1: Well, she, nobody does that. She, she wanted to give you some some points in the standings, uh, so you know it's uh, I, the, the tough thing is is in the Challenge Cup. Lynn Williams is on this European trip. Kelly O'Hara uh, could have debuted for Washington instead is on this trip uh, to you know for the U.S. Women's National Team. If you don't see them now, the league is small enough every player will eventually play this year at the stadium that mm-hmm. you're looking for you know god willing no injuries or right. or you know during the olympics but you know the the league is small enough it's it's not like um again the USL where the western teams you might see one or two teams. this year but oh, yeah. yeah it used to be you didn't see any from the west but you will see everybody which is the positive i think of the league
3: yeah now, one of, one of the things that I'm really looking forward to is just like in 2015 with uh, Louisville City is actually getting to know all of the players that we have on our <coughs> roster. Um, because right now, um, you know, I look at our roster and, you know, it's, I don't know who they are, really. Um, and at the game that I saw just a couple of weeks ago, um, some of the, the, the players that really stuck out was uh, – Yuki, you know, she was out there on the left hand side and her pace was, um, um, pretty fast, you know, and, um, she was, uh, running down the left hand side and, um, I saw Savannah and, um, also, um, the goalkeeper that we've got, um, uh, who I just couldn't believe how much that she was communicating with her back four. Because I was standing over um, fifty yards away, and with the goalkeeper of the other team, who really didn't say that much. So I'm I'm more excited to to really get to know a lot of the players that we have now on our team, and um, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so uh, Casey, what what can you tell us about um, some of the star players that we have on our team?
2: I mean, we obviously, we know a lot about Emily Fox. She was the number one draft pick. She played for North Carolina. She is going to be very dangerous there. I think she plays left back. And so she's going to be an exciting one to watch. I'm really excited to watch CeCe Kaiser play. She had a pretty stellar uh, preseason so far. I mean, she's yeah. got like, what, four or more goals? Or five goals, yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, she uh-huh. is just game, really, yeah. yeah. So she's gaining a lot of confidence. So I'm really excited to see how that's going to transition over into the Challenge Cup. Is she going to be able to carry that confidence over and be able to find that much success? And then obviously, I would be awful if I said I wasn't excited to see Amina play. Um, I'm really excited to see how she has transitioned and kind of how she has taken on a new role. I think they're going to have her playing more at a forward position instead of in the midfield. And so how is she going to adjust to this new role?
0: So, Mike, uh, I think one that we have to talk about was, uh, you know, the star, one of the stars that uh, we picked up that's had a lot of potential, and that's Savannah McCaskill. Um, yeah, talk to us. She seems to be the one, and from what I read and what we've all known is that uh, the the one with all the potential, um, and just kind of waiting to find the right spot, maybe.
1: Yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, obviously, been at Sky Blue before, so. Um, Christy Holly knows all about what Savannah McCaskill brings was getting into the national team, uh, while she was at the end of her time at South Carolina, um, deceptively fast, uh, can, can really press. And I think Rory Dames did more to get her, uh, going for 90 minutes. As opposed to, in his estimation, last year being a 70-minute player, a 60-minute player at previous stops, really took it seriously uh, and got to a different level. I mean, you know, we'd see her pressing in the 93rd minute, and you're kind of going, "Okay, you know, this right. this could be the next step." A couple goals, and I think her confidence could skyrocket. She was so confident such a star for a, a top five, top 10 South Carolina team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited to see what she can do uh, if she's at her best and playing confident.
0: What other players are you looking at that um, kind of stand out for that what we need to be watching out for is, is new racing fans for yeah. those that haven't followed the NWSL. What, what other players that we kind of need to look for that um, we might be surprised with or, who, who do you have
1: your eye on? Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, the natural ones it, it, are there. It, the the stars are the stars for a reason. Yuki, I do want to see how Savannah bounces. Um, I, I've i had CeCe Kaiser's games for SCC Network for the past uh, few years, so mm-hmm. I know her work really well. And she did a, a tremendous job of being sort of the lone focus to then sharing that, that spotlight with – Channing Foster and adjusting her game. Loves to get after players 1v1. Uh, Matt Mott does a great job with that Ole Miss program. Um, you know, Emily Fox, can you accentuate her biggest values getting up and down the line? And obviously, I think, uh, has a talented future within the national team. Maybe the players you don't know as well. Uh, Paul Riley told us all last year, Lauren Malay is there. You know, If they didn't have the most talented four midfielders uh, as a group in the league, uh, she would have gotten a much bigger chance earlier perhaps to um, really step in. But uh, they, they're they really, really high on her in North Carolina and eventually have to make decisions about who to protect. And, and so that's sort of that. So I'm excited to see what she does. But it's going to be different not playing in the box. She's going to have to figure that out a little bit. Saw Taylor Otto, uh, North Carolina, a few times. It, all Anson Dorrance told me about her is her ambition is second to none. So I'm excited to see what the second round pick can do as well.
3: OK. So, um, Kenny, what else have you got?
0: Well, so we lost Casey, unfortunately. Uh, she's been trying to get back on. But she's, uh, am I back? I can hear you all. Uh, let's see, so you can hear you. Casey, yeah. can you speak Yeah, hear- can you
2: guys hear me? Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Put the video back in.
0: If you not,
3: that's okay. Pushing
0: buttons.
1: Look at Casey yeah. deciding to turn this into a radio show. I love yeah.
2: It. <laughs> <Look about> <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I don't know what's going on.
1: <laughs>
0: Mike, thanks for that, for uh, kind of running through the racing roster there. Casey, who are you looking forward to seeing most for the team that maybe we haven't thought about? You know, the draft, it's all a new team for us. Where are you at that you're really looking forward to aside from your former teammate?
2: I mean, yeah, I'd ha- I'd be awful if I didn't say Amina because I think she's probably one of the most I'm excited to see out there. Uh, but I would definitely have to go with CC Kaiser playing up top there. Uh, she's had a great preseason, so I'm really excited to see how her preseason is going to transition over in the midfield. Uh, just like Mike said, Lauren Malay, I think she is going to be uh, very important for us and kind of already having some experience and really taking on a leadership role. And then in the back, obviously Emily Fox. I think she's going to be exciting to watch, to see kind of what level she is at, um, and see what it see what it takes to be a national player, because she has made it to the training camp and stuff like that. So I think it's gonna be excited for fans to see her level of play uh, and how talented she really is.
0: Mike, what can you tell us about Freya Olofsson that's uh, been over there with Sweden, and uh, she's come off a couple of injuries, she may be having an international duty, so I'm not sure we're going to see her uh, in the first one. I haven't seen the rosters yet for the first game or two. What do you What do you know?
1: Yeah, uh, played at a high level. Uh, if you think about uh, some of the players, there are maybe uh, looking for a more expanded role, or looking for more minutes, or maybe right on the verge of making a roster. A lot of American players will make their way into Scandinavia, so. Uh, I think the level of Sweden, uh, she played in Norway in 2019, is pretty well known. Played all the way through the Swedish uh, system. You know, when I first sort of saw this team coming together, I thought, is there a box-to-box midfielder in that group? And theoretically, uh, Olofsson is supposed to be that player. I'll say my experience in this league is that players who have not played in uh, in the United States, uh, have not played maybe the the more frantic uh, pace of the NWSL, but also the heat of it and the humidity of it. I know that sounds really minor in the grand scheme, but it, 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 I, we, I see it I see it at least once a year, a coach telling me, you know, we really expected a lot out of this player, but it took a while to sort of catch the tread on the road. You know, so hopefully from day one, things are full speed ahead uh, for Olufsen. But it, it, that is a, a heavy workload position, and it can be very difficult to come in for the first time and, and be expected to do that in your first foray in the U.S.
0: Shayna Matthews was another name that when we drafted, uh, I heard a lot of uh, just chatter out on Twitter that people that were in the game were really excited about this, this pick. And I'm not sure for all the reasons. Why, why is that?
1: Yeah. Star at Florida state, uh, yep. starred at, at Vanderbilt, um, came up through the United States system and then ultimately, uh, declared for Jamaica, um, played in the yep. world cup. So, uh, didn't play at all in, in 2020. Um, I, I I'd have to say, you know, it, there is plenty of pace there, long strides. Uh, I, I've seen her score or assist some, some really pretty goals along the way. So I'm not surprised that people are excited. Uh, but again, it's a player who hasn't played a professional game in about a year's time. So uh, how does that sort of progress? It, it may be a slow burn to start, but I think everyone around the league knows how much talent Shayna has.
0: Casey um what what are realistic expectations for us forget challenge cup let's just kind of get into the season and we'll wrap this up here in the next 10 minutes or so um y'all have been very gracious with your time what, what are real ex- realistic expectations for you for what racing is doing um this is a different it's a different ball game I mean we're on the same pitch but it's a different ball game what what what, what do you hope to see this year
2: It is completely different. I think the biggest thing that I hope to see is that they just go out there and compete. I mean, it's going to be a very tough year. We're going to be building. It's going to take some time. I think that if we can continue to grow each game, if we can learn from our experiences and just constantly be competing and still have that drive and not really lose that, then I'll be pretty happy because I know that we are going to be making it to the finals of, you know, the we're going to end up being like a, a NWSL shield winner. We're going to, we're going to win those eventually. I don't see it happening this year. Now, would it be awesome if it did? Yes. Of course. But, I mean, I really just realistically, I want to see the team be supported. I want to see them grow and I want to just see them give it their all.
0: So if we did win the NWSL this year, um, Christy Holly did commit to getting a tattoo. He um, did. He didn't he did. Know. I yeah, mean, so you know. Yeah, so you heard the oh. podcast. Yeah, 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 because there's what, you know, Mike alluded to earlier, a Lance McGarty comment. So Lance had commented about the whole thing with, with Coach Hack, and he called him out and said, well, you get a tattoo for winning. And Hack admitted later on, he's like, I didn't really mean to do that and they end up in a tattoo parlor, so
3: (laughs) if if racing were to win this year,
0: the gaffer, Coach Holly, will have to be uh, getting a tattoo. Um, Mike, realistically, you you watch all the teams. What's what's a good season for racing this year?
1: Yeah, I'm with Casey on this. I think she's got it right. Uh, It's not something where I think the level of this team should get smoked consistently, but This is a league that punishes you when you make mistakes. And if you're going to try and fly 100 miles an hour and set the tone of what you want your franchise to be, you're going to open yourself up sometimes. And those are going to be some really painful lessons. The depth um, piece remains to be seen a little bit. There's a ton of players in camp. Uh, They'll figure that out gradually. It's not like you're starting with you know, 15 players back from last year where you, you've got a basic 11 and some depth, it, 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 square one. So it, it's, it, it's a team where, you know, if you're competing for a playoff spot in the back half of the year, I'm overjoyed. And that's not to take anything away from the players that are here. There sure. is talent and people are going to enjoy these games but to expect them to go out and win a ton from day one is a big ask. It's just, it's, this is such a tough, tough league.
3: Yeah, I I totally agree. And, you know, um, to address some of the the stuff, um, on the fan side is, um, yeah, we want to see our teams go out there and we want to see them win every single game, but you know, it's not realistic. If you'd have told me, um, Last year, Liverpool were going to lose six games on the bounce at Anfield. I'd, I'd say you absolutely crazy. But you guess what? They've just gone and done it. And um, I am more a Liverpool fan right now um, than ever before. And I go to um, what I've always said. If you can't um, support your team when they're losing and drawing, then don't support them going to be there for the long haul and yet they're going to lose teams, um, in this season but that's okay, I'll be there I'll be standing right behind you and I'll be right there behind the goal no matter what and yes I will be heckling the goalkeepers because I used to be a goalkeeper myself you know, but um, I will be heckling the goalkeeper because that's what they deserve and um, I don't care if you're a man, woman, or child I am going to heckle so um, you know, but you know, support your team You know, stand behind your team, and um, I've said it, you know, until I'm blue in the face, and it's not going to change. I will support Louisville City. I will support race in Louisville, and nothing's going to waver. Um, I will be behind them 110%. And now I'm off my soapbox.
0: No, I love it. I love it. That's just what we do. We just keep on chanting. We keep on cheering. We keep on heckling and uh we are at the biggest bar outdoor bar in uh, kentucky it's so weird that it happened to be right in our section
3: yeah yeah you know they they said to well, us scouse that's going to be your end and uh what would you need i said A big bloody bar i'll tell you that much you know because <laughs> uh you got to keep the voice well oiled
0: <laughs> can't be parched down there heckling those keepers absolutely mike uh what's coming up for you you know um outside you get the three honest lads podcast uh you're everywhere you're i can't even turn on a game without hearing your voice somewhere which i'm proud of sometimes other times i'm like is that mike or is this just in my head where are we at (laughs) what what do you have coming up buddy Mm
1: -hmm. yeah uh just uh Gosh, I just called the U.S. men missing the Olympics for the world feed. So that was a bummer. That's
0: your fault. Yeah, man.
1: I was actually um, trying to look up David Ocella because obviously played for Monarchs when they beat Louisville in, in the final in 19. And um, trying to reach out to him via Twitter. And I look his name up and I, the highlight of me calling his giveaway is on SportsCenter. Twitter with like 700,000 views. And you're like, oh man, oh. both of us. I don't want to be the voice of it, and I know he doesn't want to rewatch it. So, uh, yeah, so just finished Olympic qualifying. Um, uh, CONCACAF Champions League starts April 6th. The NWSL starts April 9th. And uh, I'll be doing, uh, I believe, opening day April 24th when, when Lou City comes back. So, uh 28 games in April. Buckle up. You're going to hear a ton of me.
3: That's what? good. And, and I had um, an, another vicious rumor. Somebody's getting married, is that right? Who was that? <laughs>
1: uh not till July. So, uh uh I can I can tell you uh it, it's been a long time coming and the pandemic is, has been really difficult for everybody and we just now feel like with the vaccines we can sort of safely get everyone you know my family together and and her family together and and so we're just so excited man well
3: congratulations and good luck
1: cheers thank you you know because uh yeah
3: so um one of the things that um it's unfortunate that we have to, to discuss today is um one of our members um andy frederick lost his father this week and um his father frank was a um one of the the guys that was stood with his shoulder to shoulder for many, many games. And yep. Frank's going to be really, really missed. And, um, uh, from the bottom of my heart and everybody in Scouser's house, I want to wish, uh, um, Andy Frederick and his family, uh, our deepest condolences. And, um, you know, we can't wait to be back at the game so we can toast, uh, Frank in Scouser's house. So, um, rest in peace, Frank.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. He was one that stood there for, mm-hmm. uh, many, many games and, uh, was, very proficient in heckling we know that uh andy and their family uh stephanie and them are trying to get through this but uh from the text messages i've received and i know scouse you spoke with them as well so uh yeah appreciate the the prayers and the concerns and the heartfelt so uh, it'd be good to get yeah. right back together and get on, back and watching the pitch again um also something i want to throw in because i'm this is one of my hats that i wear is also at the website uh we've got a lot of people that are trying to sign up for our memberships this year we dropped it ten dollars because of post-covid where it used to be twenty five dollars, uh, we'll continue to support Kentucky Refugee Ministries. Um, we hope to have that up in the next few days. Don't worry about it. We know where all of you all live. You've been members forever. Uh, we'll find you. We'll hunt down your ten dollars. And and you
3: know where we stand, so we can't run away. You know because <laughs> you, know, you know we're right behind the goal. You can't miss this ugly mug. You know so uh, you know where to find us. <laughs> Casey, what's
0: up for you next? Um, Teaching's going well, you're back in class, and it sounds like you may have a little break away from everything, then you're going to be back doing the Keys of the Game and Soccer City Radio.
2: Absolutely, so just doing that, and then I'll also be doing the play-by-play for the Loose City Games on the radio with uh, Jeff Greer. So, or I'm not doing play-by-play. He's doing play-by-play. I'm doing color. There's no way I could do play-by-play. No, no, <laughs> no. no right.
0: <laughs> All I'm
1: doing is trying to explain things in a kindergarten level. And you you can already <laughs> do that. <so>
3: <laughs>
2: but I just would rather do the color. <laughs> so I'll leave that to you. And uh, I'll stick with the color. But I'll be doing that on the radio with Jeff Greer. So that'll be really exciting. Yeah. Um, Buying a new house, so getting ready to move into that, which is my first house. Nerve-wracking, exciting, all the above. Um, so as, as if I didn't have enough going on, I decided to add that to my plate as well. But just really looking forward to the season starting and really getting into the swing of games.
3: Yeah. So, hey, Casey, I, I wanted to um, ask you, um, you've been a regular down in Scouser's house for a few games. Um, tell people who have never been down there before what Scouser's house is like.
2: Oh, it's like a constant party down there. It is so much fun. And I mean, I think one of my favorite things is seeing the kids do the drums. Um, probably that's the teacher and me. It's like, oh my gosh, look at the little kid doing the drums. That's so cute.
3: That's and our so, Nick. That's I Nicholas. Love it.
2: I love it. He does so awesome with that. And so if you haven't been there. You know,
3: you know, thanks to Nick, I got fired. <laughs> I can't do the drums anymore because Nick does it.
2: Well, 100%. he does a great job. So at least you me. are replaced by somebody who's really good.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And he's there every game and he's, he's beating the crap out of those drums. And, um, you know, he's even got the, uh, some of the goalkeepers turning around because he deafens them at the corner kicks.
2: Oh yeah. A hundred percent. It is so loud down there. And I love that the angle that you have, and then the goal cam that you have to get to see the replays and stuff. So if you haven't been to a game and you want to watch the game from a really, really cool perspective, I definitely think you need to go to Scouse's house.
0: It's very tight right there. We are right on top of it, and you, it can't, awesome. help. you can't help but know what's going on in the match.
2: Oh, you, you can get hear to hear me. the players?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, Mike, we always appreciate you sending a little shout-out to Scouse House. We recognize it. We go back and we listen to the games and watch them and everything. We always appreciate what, uh, what you do about that, and we know you do with the Coopers as well. And it's well-deserved, and it's appreciated for what you do. Not Thank you, just Mike. for our team, uh, but also for just our sport that we all love so much. I know much. I don't know how much time and effort you put into it, but can you turn around your little laptop that you had earlier and show us the breakdown of everybody that you've been looking at just prior to this podcast?
1: Uh, yeah, so... Uh, for those that are watching a, the
0: podcast, just to show what he looks at.
1: So this is sort of what this looks like for Racing Louisville. That's sort of a square on everybody, including the preseason trialists. Um, notes that I've gotten from coaches. I mean, at this point I've done the league first professional game I ever did, um, I guess would be the summer of 2013, uh, sky blue. I I did their full season. Um, it was the second season of the NWSL. I think that's 2013. The years are are going too fast, but, um, you know, even the last four years, you talk to so many coaches and I do so many college games. You just sort of accumulate all this stuff. So uh, labor of love, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. Casey knows as future play-by-play and current analyst.
2: <laughs> <don't>, let's just <laughs> stick with the color. <laughs> okay,
1: all right. All right.
3: <laughs> and I've, I've got one more shout out to do today. And um, I never thought I'd ever do this, but um, I want to give a shout out to the uh, all the great people out there at uh, Oxmoor Toyota because um they made my wife a very happy girl yesterday because um, she went and bought a new um, car yesterday. And if you have not been out to Oxmoor Toyota, you gotta to get out there because uh, they they treated her like a, a queen yesterday. So she uh, she's well pleased.
0: Thank you for that Scouse. Uh, our, our team there is a proud supporter of Louisville City and we have more announcements coming up soon. Uh, so we're be a part of uh, watching this grow in our community. Oh, oh oh and
3: I've I've got one more thing too. You I, just, said I, one more. I almost got I almost forgot it now I'll, I'll get bloody fired if I don't say it. Um if you are um coming from out of town to Louisville to watch a game, if you get in touch with either myself or you can go on to um the Galt House or um the Crown Plaza and and we also have the Embassy Suites, which is in uh, downtown Louisville. Um, if you call them up and say you're coming down to see a racing or a Louisville City game, they have a whole set of new um, rates and that you can um, uh, partake of um, just for uh, away supporters. So um, please feel free if you want to come down and um, join us um, on an away match. Look me up. at either the Crown Plaza or uh, the Galt House or the Embassy Suites, and uh, they'd, we'd love to see you.
1: You know, Scouts, the funny thing is you pick some really nice hotels. Like if, if I were welcoming people, <laughs> I'd be like, all you have to do is call Motel Six and I'll leave the line. You. <laughs> <laughs> you <know, laughs> my hotel block is at a Cano Lodge. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. It's a travel lodge in Newport, walking across the yeah. bridge to Cincinnati. And I've Yeah, that, I, I affectionately call them
3: the sticky carpet ins.
0: Sure. <laughs> Boy, this thing's going off the rails. So, we're going to go ahead and call this a wrap. Mike, thank you so thank much you, Mike. for taking the time. Uh, we really, really, appreciate you, brother. Um, thank you, Casey. Love you. Thank you for your time, Casey. Keep up the great work, what you all are doing in this community. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope you all enjoyed this. And uh, we'll see you all soon.